The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week, I'm joined by an Impact Fee technician who lists their favourite movie as A Nightmare on Elm Street and favourite TV show as Golden Girls. Welcome to the show, Karina Maybe. Hello. How's it going? What's up? Not too bad, just... So, for full transparency, we are recording... Very early for this episode to get ahead of the the holidays and everything. Um, So we're drafting our fantasy movie list for 2024. uh, And it's currently, what's the date today? The 25th of November. For you, it's technically the 24th of November over on the, you know, right side of the world where we're not in the opposite times and shit. It's very early, so we're getting ahead. Like, nobody can say, oh, you've already seen previews of all of these movies because these are all quite a distance away from when we will actually get to see them. Some of these don't even have trailers yet, or released trailers for that matter. Yeah, some of them don't even have solid locked-in dates, dates for next yeah. year either. They're just like, oh, they're coming next year. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, thanks, thanks SAG-AFTRA. <laughs> This should be a fun episode, basically. So what we're doing is to close out 2023, we're going to start a new annual tradition on the commentary booth. Or it'll be, I guess it'll be technically biannual because we're splitting it into two each year with our first ever fantasy movie draft. The way the game will work is each competitor, whether it's just me and Karina or hopefully in future ones, we'll have four or five, however many people, every draft, each competitor drafts the movies that they think will be the best of 2024. Like I said, the year will be split into two halves. Today we'll be drafting films releasing between January 1 and June 30th of 2024. We will then return in July to tally up the scores at the halfway mark and draft films for the remainder of the year. How are you feeling about the whole concept? You know me in drafts. My last draft pick was a shit show, so... um... Let's see if this one can be any better. Highly doubtful, <laughs> but I like a good I like a good competition because it always comes down to who gets the first pick between you and I, at least. Um, That's true. I got to pull up the wheel spin, I think. Oh, yeah. Last time it worked in my favor, but I mean, who knows? We'll see. Let's do the wheel spin now, and then we'll go into the, the rules of how the draft works. Yes, boss. I need you to pick heads or tails. Heads. You want heads? Yeah. Okay, so ready? Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm going to flip again. Heads. Yes. Yes. Bitch. How did it come up two heads in a row? Because I am always going to be ahead of you. Fuck you. Ah. And now it's tails. Okay. So Karina gets the first pick again. God dang it. That's good. I know she's going to screw me now. You, ah. <laughs> Remember, Jamie Apps, you wanted this, not I. So this is all you're doing. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. The rules of the draft are as follows. Each competitor will be drafting six main roster films with two bench players. 
however, the bench players will only substitute into your scoring lineup if a main roster film fails to release in the allocated six-month window. So say we pick a, a film that if you draft Mean Girls and it gets bumped from January, March, or wherever they're aiming for, and it comes out in November, you'll get substituted. But if, yeah, if it comes out and it scores poorly, you get stuck with that terrible score. That's fine. That's fine. So then in terms of the scoring... It will be based on the Metacritic Metascore ratings for every movie. For every point above 60, a movie will score one point. For every point below a 60, it will lose one point. I don't like that. Like we said, if the film fails to release, your score will be zero, and then your bench players come into effect. Okay. There are also some bonus points for films that perform either exceptionally well or exceptionally poorly. For every point above 80, you will receive two points, and for every point below a 40, you will lose two points. Mm. Mm. So the maximum scores a film can receive are minus 100 or plus 80. Oh, good. So if we begin the draft, since you have first pick, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which film are you choosing first? How, how high is your blood pressure today? It's about to get through the roof. I know what you're picking. Yeah, I'm picking Iron Claw. <laughs> The funny thing is that I probably will not even see this movie in theaters because I have so many other things going on in my life. Um, but I'm picking Iron Claw because I know it'll probably end up doing well. And also because it was your fucking top pick and I knew it. <laughs> so It's also cheating. No, it's not. Just because I get it before y'all do don't mean nothing. Yeah, you get it in 2023, so it don't count. Mm-mm, mm-mm. It's a 2023 movie for you. You told me it's based on your stupid Australian release dates, not my release dates, because had that been the, the factor in there, that would have been taken off the list completely. We should have axed that immediately. Neither of us could have been picking it. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Releasing January 18th in Australia, starring Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson, MJF, Chavo Guerrero, and Ryan Nemeth. Biographical film about the rise and tragic demise of the legendary Von Erich wrestling family. I cannot wait to see people's reactions to this movie because it is not being marketed very accurately in terms of, yeah, it, it's <laughs> a bit sneaky. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who go in one way and then get highly turned into an opposite direction that they were not expecting if they don't know anything about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're going in to see this movie based on trailers alone, you're screwed. Your heart is about to get ripped out of your chest. Good deal. We can uh, close up shop now. I've won the draft pick. You're good. You're a jerk. I know you want to call me other things that are colorful, but you're going to retain this like PG rating at the moment. <laughs> uh, okay. Now who am I going to pick? Yes, Jamie, please go ahead with your second best pick. I am going to choose. I'm going to go relatively safe on this first one because it's got a firm release date. <laughs> rather than some of these other ones where they have no release date and I don't want to get screwed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my first choice is going to be a film called American Fiction, okay. starring Jeffrey Wright, John Ortiz, Issa Rae, and Adam Brody. This is a comedy drama directorial debut for Cord Jefferson, who are director of Secession, The Good Place, Master of None. Oh. The director or might have, been, might have been the writer, actually. It's about a novelist who's fed up with the establishment profiting off black entertainment. Okay. So he uses a pen name to write this outlandish book, mocking those sort of other books and films and stuff. 
only to see that book explode in popularity and all of a sudden he becomes this famous black author who is pretending to be very like gangster <laughs> ghetto black man instead of highly educated college professor. Okay, I'm intrigued. Watched the trailer and was I was like, this is hilarious and it gave me sort of uh, get out vibes where it was like, okay. It, it had that political commentary in it, but in a fun, different way. All right. So I was like, yep, that, that one looks really fun. So, yeah, you can go again. We'll just go backwards and forwards. Okay. Makes it easier. I mean, I'm okay with that. Um, so I'm going to go, I'm switching my original pick um, because I am uncertain about it. Oh, boy, she's going off the, off the cuff. Dangerous. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a fucking shit show. I'm going to go with the film, film Night Swim. Interesting. It is a film by Bryce McGuire. Um, it is, I believe it's going to be a horror movie, if I'm not mistaken, or along those lines. Oh, it's definitely a horror movie. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about it, but the fact that, uh, you know me, I'm a horror buff, so all those films are always going to be true to me. Also, you know, whatever. It's a horror movie coming out in January. Why the fuck not? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, stars Wyatt Russell, Carrie Condon. But yeah, it looks interesting. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, if, it bl- if it fails terribly it's whatever but it's also a bloomhouse movie so i mean i love my bloomhouse movies so yeah i've i like bloomhouse movies but i've noticed recently that name is kind of just getting slapped on a lot of horror movies that maybe aren't so good whatever i'll be optimistic on this one okay okay but it's got james wan attached to it so that's that helps. That's the only thing that I'm thinking is going to probably make it like, I feel like it's one of those ones that's going to like sneak up on you and like maybe not get a lot of talk just because of the releasing of it and that's the time frame. But we'll see. I'm I'm interested. Yeah, because it's, when is, has they put a date on that yet? January 5th over here. Yeah, same. So that's, yeah, that's very early. That, that yeah, does make it a bit of a weird one. It's not like a, the time you would expect there to be a horror movie. No, that's why I was like, huh, this looks interesting. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I, to be fair, also, I did not know anything about this movie until you were like, oh, draft list. And I started just uh, researching obscure early 2024 films and that happened to pop up and I was like, oh, okay. The, the trailer looked fun. Yeah, because I didn't like your list that you gave me. <laughs> I had Night Swim on our list. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Well, whatever. It's the first one on the list. Is it really? Or whatever. Oh, whatever. Because, yeah, it's, it's about a family who move into a new house and then find an unknown supernatural presence haunting the backyard swimming pools. I'm here for it. The trailer looked cool. I'll give it that much. I'll give you I'll give you props to it. I'm just a little concerned about the, the scoring system with that one for you. Don't worry about it. My first pick's going to win everything, so fuck you all. <laughs> Plus 80 for Iron Claw, minus... 10 or 15 for Night Swim. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that. It's fine. It's, it's We're good. We're good. Uh, so my second choice is going to be one that has been kind of steeped in a bit of, of a snafu in the last week or two. Mm-hmm. The Bike Riders, a film set in the 60s following a fictional Chicago motorcycle club as it grows into a more sinister group threatening the original uh, founder's unique way of life. So it's obviously inspired by the rise of the Hells Angels. I was going to say. A group of motorcycle aficionados, and then it becomes a proper motorcycle outlaw gang. Okay. But yeah, like I said, it's been steeped in a bit of turmoil in the last week or two. Hmm. It was actually due to be released in December of this year. Okay. But then Disney suddenly took it off their 
slate for 2023 and everyone's like, oh, what's going on here? And so they shopped it around to a bunch of other distributors and Focus Features picked it up two days later. So it's coming out under the Focus Features banner now instead of Disney, but it stars Austin Butler, Tom Hardy, Norman Reedus, Jodie Cormer, Michael Shannon, Boyd Holbrook, and Damon Harriman. This movie wasn't even on my radar until you just said Tom Hardy and Norman Reedus. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I'll strap in and watch it. That's cool. Very much like the cast list. I was like, oh, how is this movie not going to come out? Like that's absolutely stacked. Yeah. I don't know how you could even pass up on that or think to pass up on it. That's very interesting. Uh, yeah. I Unless like their um, focus group testing of early cuts of it didn't go down well. But mm-hmm. I just think, yeah, with that cast, that's going to do numbers at the box office absolutely it looks cool it sounds like a really cool concept like i I love sort of movies like that they're clearly inspired by true things but then they don't follow those things like they fictionalize it and make it more than what it actually really was yeah i appreciate that that'll be uh, an interesting one to see if it actually does come to fruition i would be interested in that yeah i don't think they've put a firm date new date on it but Mm -hmm. if Focus Features were so keen to pick it up after only two days of it being available to them. I'm, I don't see them holding it for too long. No, absolutely not. Especially since it was due in December, it sounds like it is basically complete, ready to go. Finished. Yeah. Minor tweaking probably left over. Yeah, they may, they may do some sort of re-editing just to freshen it up a bit, but I don't think they'll do drastic overhauls. No. Okay. So pick number three. Um, I'm going to go with Dune 2. You didn't like Dune 1. It doesn't matter if I liked it or not. It's all about the Metacritic score. And there's a bunch of sci-fi buff fuckers who um, loved the first one and got their rocks off with it. And we'll probably... (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to offend anyone, but I really don't give a shit. Um, I know that it it was decent. The first one did decent. My problem with the first one was the runtime. It was just a very slow-paced movie. But again, I know that's how it was supposed to be. I feel like the second one is probably going to do pretty well. Because it does have a niche audience that has been very keen on that second part coming out. I think it'll probably end up doing pretty well. Yeah, it was one on my radar too. Because yeah, like you said, I think the concerns people had with that first one is it was a lot of the early parts of the Dune story where it's establishing the characters, establishing sort of the political intrigue between all of the factions and stuff. And I Mm -hmm. think this new one is going to be a lot more action. Yes focused so there's going to be it's not going to feel like it drags quite as long so i think that's a smart pick i probably should go back and watch the first one because i feel like when i watched it i might have been just tired and not fully committed to watching it it is a it's a rough movie to kind of try and get into i believe in the start especially if if you're not really sure what you're going into with it the only thing i knew about dune prior to the first uh part coming out was that it was a remake and the original one did terrible (laughs) um Mm -hmm. so i didn't really have a lot of faith in it and i also didn't know what to base it off of but i know it's based on a book or series um so yeah and i know that the book series is pretty lengthy as well um so yeah we'll see but i mean i'm i i'm not opposed to watching it i just probably will wait till it comes on max again because that's how i watched the first one yeah i think that first one is definitely one where you you need to be in the right headspace to watch that movie yeah if you're not if you're not giving that 100 percent of your attention it's not gonna do well you're gonna be lost on you and i think that's what happened to me honestly so my third choice i'm gonna go for a pretty big long shot on this one there is no date it is simply listed as 2024 no trailer 
we've got one image is all we've got from this movie so far. Okay. It is Robert Eggers' Nosferatu. Okay. Is that the one that's supposed to have Bill Skarsgård in it? Yes. So this okay. is directed by Robert Eggers, most notably from The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Northman. Yeah, he does some interesting films. He's making a movie that doesn't have the in the title, which is a change up for him. That's quite true. But yeah, so this one stars Bill Skarsgård, Willem Dafoe, Ralph Ineson, Nicholas Holt, Lily Rose Depp, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Emma Corrin, Simon McBurney. Again, another stacked cast. Stacked cast. Telling the iconic Nosferatu tale and releasing 100 years after the first ever Dracula film, which I think is a nice little factoid. The original Nosferatu was in silent film, black and white. Mm -hmm. I am interested to see if he will attempt to make a silent film and bring that to light with this. Knowing Robert Eggers, I think this will have a very limited um, script. Yeah, I feel like if you're going to remake a movie as notorious as Nosferatu, um, you should probably stick to the original source material and not vary from it that much. To be fair, the original source material for Nosferatu isn't the Nosferatu script. It's, It's Bram Stoker's book. Yeah, it's not a very like it's not a great film to go off of, but if you're trying to recreate that film from way back in the day, I would hope that and I don't expect anything less from him honestly because he is such a notorious director for doing some very obscure things. Weird artsy things. Yes, like if you're not into like artsy film, they're not going to like his movie. The Northman has some very like well, what that I'm on an acid trip right now. Mid movie. That weird like dance Willem Dafoe did around the fire and the kind of moment yeah um thank you i'll be here all week um (laughs) um but yeah it'll be interesting to see if that gets released when it gets released next year and how it works so well um but i'm definitely curious about it and yeah that's why that one's kind of my long shot one because they say 2024 i have pretty strong suspicion that it's going to be late 2024 not in this first half but i wanted to get it on my list in my main players so that if it does come out before the end of June, I can see, I imagine this is going to do big numbers. Yeah, I feel like it will be. Because The Witch, The Lighthouse and The Northman, I'm pretty sure they all did like major, major review numbers. Yeah. And they're not like a very mainstream film either. Like they don't get like a ton of recognition as far as like from the normal general pop. It's more like the artsy kids come out of the woodwork and they're just like, holy shit, have you seen this film? And then word gets out and it's like, oh, fuck, this is pretty damn good. Yeah, Robert Eggers movies get huge critic ratings. Mm-hmm. And then the I found that the general public review numbers are generally softer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you either love it or hate it, honestly. Yeah, so I think this one will get me good critic response numbers. Alrighty, you are up to pick number four. Okay. Um, so I'm staying safe with my pick. I'm going with Mean Girls. Safe? Okay. Is it safe? So. It might get you a couple of points. This is, I feel like this is going to go one of two ways. It is either going to pop really big um, because you have multiple generations that are aware of this original film, as well as the musical. You also have fantastic directors going behind it because, duh. Who is directing the new Mean Girls? I don't know. I just felt like saying that so I could sound important. <laughs> the writer is the key for that. Tina Fey. The screenplay. Yeah, team play. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. They're all inside. They're all grouped together in this little bubble of like smart minds. Um, that's how I look at it. Anyway, 
Directed by Arturo Perez Jr. and Samantha G. Yeah, they don't even have a listing on Wikipedia. It's the Tina Fey screenplay that's really going to save this fucking film. Okay? Okay. That's all we need to know. Got it? Got it? Okay. Regardless, I feel like this movie is going to end up having a cult following from the people who enjoyed the Broadway show. Because... If you're anything like me and you like theater, whenever they release a movie that is based off of a Broadway musical, we all get stoked and excited until we actually fucking see it. And then we either get really hyped or we get disappointed as shit. And that means that I feel like this is probably going to end up doing well just because there is such a big clash and group of people that have become obsessed with Mean Girls over the years. Um, so it could go one of two ways. It could go really good or really, really shitty. The pick I really want, I cannot put in here at all because I know I don't have a chance in hell with it. So I had to put some form of a musical movie in here and it's happened to be it. So we'll just go with Mean Girls because it's safe, probably, maybe. We'll see. Okay, I'm making a note. You need to tell me what this movie that you wanted to pick was after we've picked our six. Okay. Once we've finalized our list, you need to tell me the movie you wanted to pick but won't. I can't. I, can't, I literally cannot pick it because I don't think it comes out until, like, end of next year. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll discuss that at the end. Well, we'll discuss that later. Okay. So my fourth pick is going to be, I am going to risk it for the biscuit once again. Yes. I am going to pick Furiosa. Does that have a set release date? It does not. It has a 2024 date. Of course. Of course. It's been the only one on my fucking list that you've picked. (laughs) Fuck you. George Miller's latest epic in the Mad Max universe, telling the origin story of the female renegade warrior Furiosa in the period before she joins forces with Mad Max in Mad Max Fury Road, starring Anya Taylor-Joy in the lead role alongside Chris Hemsworth. Nathan Jones, Angus Sampson, and Quentin Bales. And yeah, George Miller, Fury Road was epic from all of the sneaky news footage that we got of the filming of Furiosa here in Sydney and Australia. I was like, yep, sign me up for that movie. It looks insane. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll take it. It doesn't look bad, honestly. I will, uh, I'll take it. And yeah, like it doesn't have a date, but it gives me very sort of... March, April feelings. Maybe. It depends on how how particular George wants to get the editing process. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is going to be kind of something that's going to, it's going to be a hit or a miss pretty much. That's all I can say. No, it, it's going to be a hit. The, the problem is going to be if it hits the dates I need it to hit. <laughs> this is going to do crazy big review scores. I'm sure of it. It's just a matter of whether they count for me. <laughs> Well, how did wait, how did Fury Road do? Did did that do well? Because I don't remember. It's been so long since Fury Road came out, and like I don't really remember if it did well or not. If Fury Road was pretty good. Don't get me wrong. Like I loved that film. I was a very classic Mad Max kind of girl with Mel Gibson. So uh, Mad Max Fury Road got a meta score of ninety. Oh, okay. So it did well. It's on. It's on point. Okay. So that's a in our scoring system. That's a 50 point score. Yeah. So if that, um, if that does happen to release, you might actually have me tied now with Iron Claw and Furious. <laughs> You're getting close. So yeah, that's, that's the big issue. It just needs to hit my time, hit our time window. Okay. 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 Second last starter lineup. I'm going to go with the Watchers. Good choice. That was on my list. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Whenever a uh, Shyamalan is attached to anything, but it's not him. As I said, there's a sneaky caveat there. 
There is a snacky cabinet. He's producing it, but he did not direct it. Yes. His daughter, Ashana Shamalan, is the director. Yes. So whenever I see that name attached to anything, regardless of who it is in the family, I'm probably going to end up going with it because I like obscure films and his movies for me, I I enjoy as much as I hate them. Like I have a love-hate relationship with most <laughs> of his movies. So I'm hoping his daughter does better. <laughs> That was why I put it on the list too, because I feel like she's going to have similar sort of inspirations. Yes. But be coming at this movie from her own unique perspective. I really hope that's what it is, because I want her to set a name for herself. Like, just because, like, I want her to be separate, even though she still has that name attached to her. It'll be fantastic to watch that hopefully evolve into something great. And two, like, pretty solid lead act- actresses as well, Dakota Fanning and... Georgina Campbell, who made her name for herself this this year or last year with Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Which was another one of my favorite movies from this past set of movies. <laughs> this is another one where we, we don't even have a trailer yet, do we? No, we don't have a trailer. It's supposed to come out in June, um, early June. So I'm hoping for a trailer soon. And that's... Cutting it close on the window there. It says June 7th. So... Mm, we'll see. You've taken some sneaky shots with picking things that don't have fucking release dates, okay? Like, hmm. That's fine. Hmm. I figure I'm better off picking these crazy outlandish ones in my starter lineup and then just picking a couple of solid. Fine. Whatever. Guarantees as backups. We're going to go off there. That's fine. That's fine. Number five. I'm going to go with one that I'm thinking is going to get another big review score. Might not have huge mainstream appeal, but it's called The Zone of Interest. Okay. This is an A24 produced um, film. I'm already in, I'm already reeled in. So that, that was, I was like, oh, yep, that, Back. that gives me confidence. Yes. Since you took my other A24 movie. Mm. This one is a film about a Nazi commandant trying to build his dream life and garden in his house, which is located just outside the walls of the Auschwitz concentration camp. Okay. So you have the whole dichotomy there of mm. doing the best for his family, but what's he doing at work is kind of fucked up. Yeah, that'll be a... The trailer for that just gives off yeah, weird, like, I want to feel for these people and be like, oh, yeah, they're just doing the best for his, he's doing the best for his family, but I know what he's actually doing and I hate him from it. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's like I said, one of those ones that's not going to have huge mainstream appeal, but I think could do phenomenal critic-wise. Yes, absolutely. Kind of like uh, The Whale did. Yeah, I, I still haven't watched The Whale, but everybody tells me it's phenomenal and I probably need to watch it prior to the end of the year just because I haven't. I have some downtime during the holidays. <laughs> you probably should for our awards show. <laughs> I already know what movie of the year is, so don't worry. It's fine. Nothing can top my movies of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's five. We have one last member for our starters. Who is your final? Okay. Um, I'm going out of order again because I feel like why not? I'm going to go with Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> because I am a sucker for Planet of the Apes in every way, shape, and form. I don't care how shitty it's going to be. It'll probably be absolutely fucking terrible, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. That's okay. How have the other Planet of the Apes movies done recently? Don't think they've done pretty well, honestly. They did better than the terrible one that came out with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg's in the 2001 
Okay. That's right. No, um, what's his name? Franco was in the newer trilogy. James Franco was in the newer ones, I believe. Mainly picking this because William H. Macy's name is tied to it, and I love that man. He's wonderful. <laughs> so Rise of Planet of the Apes. Yes, and then Dawn, and then War. Let's see what they got in their Metacritics. Yeah, probably not the greatest. So Rise got a 68. Okay. Dawn got a 79. So improving. War got an 82. So I might be on a good track here. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, if the the trajectory continues there, you'll be doing good. I might accidentally pull this out of my ass. Yeah, I didn't have confidence in that at all. I think because I kept thinking of the Marky Mark one and it got a 50. Yeah, and that's the one that I was like, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Like, that is not the, he's not part of this trilogy. And oh, who was tied to the original one with Marky Mark? Was it Michael? Was that Michael Bay? No, it wasn't Michael Bay. Couldn't have been. (sighs) Tim Burton. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. Well, it wasn't It wasn't good. <laughs> Directed by Tim Burton, starring Mark Wahlberg, Tim Roth, Helena Bonham Carter, of course. Yeah. Michael Clark Duncan, Chris yes. Christopherson, Paul Giamatti. It was a pretty decent cast in that movie, but it was a trash fucking movie. But then when this, fran- when this series started, I was like, all right, I got hope for it because Andy Serkis is attached to it and he's fucking fantastic. He's Caesar, so like, come on. He can do no wrong. <laughs> that Mark Wahlberg one made a ton of money though. Yeah, because I feel like that was, that was like one of those films that a lot of remakes hadn't been done. And the fact that like, they were like, we're going to remake Planet of the Apes. And everybody was like, holy shit. Like that hasn't been done since like the seventies or eighties. Let's go ham at it. And it's fucking terrible. But yeah, we'll see. Mark Wahlberg one cost them a hundred million. They made 362. Whatever. <laughs> it's crazy. Which is pretty solid. Insane. But then mm-hmm. Rise of Planet of the Apes cost them 93 and they made 481.8. Thank you. Have a great day. So (laughs) much better performance. And it was the worst of the three so far. Yeah. I'm going to stand by that sixth decision. I'm honestly like kind of surprising myself as we keep talking about this because I just kind of threw that in there as a monkey wrench. No puns intended anywhere. (laughs) But Probably a surprisingly sneaky pick, actually. Yeah, thanks. Cool. The amount of money Dawn of Planet of the Apes made is mind blowing. (laughs) They upped their budget from $93 million to $170 million, but their box office jumped to $710.6. It's a, it's a good chunk of change. They nearly doubled their box office. Yeah. I'm telling you, it might be one of those one of those sleepers. War dropped. War cost them $150, and they made $490.7. So the, they still made a decline their in the box office. <laughs> it will be interesting to see how that one goes. I'm actually didn't I didn't even consider it because I just wrote that off as that's not gonna do great box office or great review scores. But if that trend of the trilogy so far keeps going. That could be a big score. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm I'm kind of intrigued by that because I literally, yeah, I was like, there's another Planet of the Apes movie. I didn't even know there was another Planet of the Apes movie coming out. And I go, yeah, why not? Let's let's throw that in there. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I probably should pick something that's going to get like a guaranteed release, considering as I've already picked two that may not come, so I probably want my backups. Just in case, just, just, just a little bit. I probably don't want three movies not releasing and only having two <laughs> replacements. So let's go with one that has a guaranteed release date, nice and early in the calendar, coming to Apple TV Plus on February 2nd. Argyle. 
Why does that sound familiar? I don't know anything about it, but it sounds familiar. You know the poster, the cat in the backpack? Oh, yes. That's a spy action comedy directed by Matthew Vaughn. Yes. Who is most notable for directing Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, Kick-Ass and the whole Kingsman series. Okay. And this movie, the trailer for this gave me big Kingsman vibes on. It's clearly inspired by that. They're just trying to give a new spin about a spy novelist who then gets drawn into the whole sinister underground spy syndicate realm with a crazy stacked cast. Henry Cavill, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Dua Lipa, John Cena. Oh, I'm done. That's it. Count me out. You had me until Cena. Samuel L. Jackson. All right. You might have pulled me back in. And Chip. The cat. Chip is the cat. The cat's got a name. Awesome. Chip is the cat who just so happens to be Claudia Schiffer's cat. Okay. And she just so happens to be Matthew Vaughn's wife. Okay. You could have started with Chip the cat because he is higher ranking than John Cena ever will be. In fact, the fact that you put Sammy J below John Cena in the cast list when you were reading that off is atrocious and you should be beheaded because Sammy J should have been on top of that list. I don't care how small of a part he might have. Yeah, I don't know. The... There's like a still image that they've released so far that's um, Dua Lipa dancing with Henry Cavill. I was like, yep, you got me. All right. Well, I'm, I, I honestly might check that out just because um, it's, a, it's a good looking cast. Yeah. And it looks looks fun. It looks, yeah, like I said, very sort of the Kingsman-esque. What was that movie we watched on Netflix that was like the spy one starring Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot? Oh, with Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Oh. The trailer for Argyle felt like that better like with a stronger more defined script red notice yeah red notice yeah that's the one with the rock in it too it, it yeah. felt like that but better <laughs> a better written script <laughs> oh boy so now your two substitute players all right um i'm gonna regret this first one because i already know this is gonna be shit but i'm gonna put it out there anyway Following suit with animals, I'm going with um, Godzilla x Kong, the new empire. It's going to be a trash shit show, but I love Godzilla movies, so um, I will keep this as my backup movie, and hopefully I won't have to use it. <laughs> I don't. This one's not tied to the recent movies that came out, is it? I don't believe so. I think this is a new take on it, but I could be wrong as well. Oh, no, it is a sequel to Godzilla vs. Kong. The seventh installment and fifth film in the Monster Universe. Yes. What did Adam Wingard direct? I feel like I know that name. Godzilla vs. Kong and Blair Witch. Ugh. 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 I regret my decision already. And Death Note. <laughs> yeah, that's... Blair Witch, Death Note, and then Godzilla vs. Kong. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how good a choice this one was, but... <laughs> uh, that's cool. I probably won't have to use it. Because <laughs> I think all of my movies are going to be ended up coming out, so I won't have to use this fucking one. What did Godzilla vs. Kong get at Metacritic? <laughs> trash ratings, more than likely, because it was a trash movie. Oy, yep, that's a minus one. <laughs> It was a shit movie. It had a good cast in it, but it was a shit movie. It got 59. But like I said, this is just a backup. I won't have to use it because all of my shit is getting released next year. On time. The only one that scares me, honestly, right now looking at this is maybe Dune. Yeah, that could be late. Yeah, that's the only one that I'm kind of like... Mm. Alrighty, so I am going to pick 
for my first substitute player, let's go with Bob Marley, One Love. Okay. Biographical drama musical about the life of Bob Marley from his rise to fame right through to his death in 1981, starring Kingsley Ben-Adair, Lashana Lynch, and Michael Gandolfini. Uh, If it's anything like the Respect. Aretha Franklin movie? Yeah, and the... Tina Turner, that's who I'm thinking of. Tina Turner, okay. I was like, I don't... There's been a bunch of movies coming out on their biopic. If it's anything like the, the Tina Turner musical movie, I think it could be amazing. And Kingsley Benadier is a great actor, so... It's true. And I'm pretty sure it's got an early release date too, so I'm fairly confident to get that one. And it'll at least be a scorer if I need it. That's true. Very true. Your last choice. Okay, um... I'm going to go with something that I actually have no desire to watch because I feel like it's going to be a teeny bopper movie. So just in time for Valentine's Day, I'm picking Lisa Frankenstein. I have no idea what this movie is about. So it has um, Cole Sprouse in it. Um, So that's the main name that's going to draw in a lot of the teen girls. Um, It is essentially a story of Frankenstein. Some young teenage girl is getting bullied. She resurrects a Victorian era style man. Um, And uh, yeah, they fall in love. (laughs) It's like a modern day Frankenstein movie for teenagers. Um, So it'll be interesting. I'm pretty sure it's going to not do so great. Um, But, you know, it'll probably be something fun that'll i don't know be like a romantic comedy for teenagers who knows yeah that that's that could be an interesting one i'm just gonna say like you know who knows it it'll be fun it's a fun take on the frankenstein concept <laughs> that's us there's two frankenstein inspired movies coming out next year What's the other one this one is gonna come out supposedly february 9th over in the u.s not a whole lot else that i recognize in here cole sprouse is really the only oh carla uh Gugino, I don't, I can't say her fucking last name. She's in fucking um, House of Usher and shit. Carla, whatever her fucking last name is. Guadino or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about the lead actress um, at all. Um, her name is Catherine Newton. I guess she was in Big Little Lies and The Society, but that's all I can tell. Um, she's not anyone particularly recognizable to me. So we'll see. Um, it might be good. It might be shit, but it's a good backup because at least it has a set date and who knows. <laughs> yeah. The other, uh, Frankenstein, obviously Frankenstein inspired movie is Poor Things starring Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe. When does that come out? I didn't even know about that. It is due out in soon. I don't know. It's slated for this year, apparently 26th of December. Oh. That wouldn't have counted anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was actually. I watched the trailer for it and I was like, that looks weird. <laughs> Oh. I'll be interested to see how your Lisa Frankenstein and Godzilla do. Hopefully you have I'm not two movies that fail and have to be subbed in. You know what? It's fine. I'm I'm confident that all of my movies, with the exception of maybe Dune 2, all of them are getting released. But I'm going to be optimistic on Dune because it's been in the makings for quite a long time. Does Planet of the Apes have a set date? Yes, it actually does. Um, give me one second. I just had it up. I think it does because they put out the full trailer. It's supposed to be May 24th of next year. Okay. Yeah, you should be safe on that then. Yeah. I'm going with that. And then I think Godzilla vs. Kong had like, or yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong or X-Con had like an April release date. But I'm not going to have to use that because it's my backup and I'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then for me, my final pick, I really want to pick this really risky choice. Do it. Come on. Balls to the walls. 
It's. I have a feeling it won't come out before June. Tell me what it is and I'll tell you if it was on my list and I skipped it. No. I'm going to pick as my final one. Oh, jeez. The anticipation is killer. Do I pick a romantic sports comedy or a supernatural horror film? I mean, you know what I'm going to tell you to do, but... Oh, yeah, no. I'm going to go go with Zendaya. I'm going to pick Challengers. Okay. It is, like I mentioned, a romantic sports comedy drama. <laughs> directed by Luca Guadagnino, famous for the Call Me By Your Name, Suspiria, and Bones and All movies, starring Zendaya, Josh O'Connor, and Mike Aist. It follows three tennis players as they compete in a tournament whilst reigniting old rivalries and other things on and off the court. You probably have seen the trailer for this one. Zendaya sitting between the two male actors on a bed. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you're going to have a lot writing on that because Bones and All was fucking terrible and Suspiria was too artsy for most people to comprehend or like. (laughs) But Call Me By Your Name was phenomenal. Okay. One out of three, though. Come on. That's not great odds. I think they all did decent numbers, though. Suspiria, I feel, was definitely not for everybody. Yeah, but I think it did a good good review. But it was a remake. Well, it was a remake. And I don't know if like a lot of people knew that. Yeah, Call Me by Your Name got a ninety-four. Okay. Bones and All got a seventy-four. And Suspiria got a sixty-four. All right, so you're you're treading lightly. I, I feel like it's not terrible. It could either be a huge score or it's just going to be a solid mid-ground one, which does okay. What was the other one you were going to go with? My other options for that were Imaginary. The supernatural horror film from uh, yes Bloomhouse that almost made it to my list. <laughs> I got Megan from that one, that trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only reason why I didn't get it. I was like, that could that could be the next like Megan where people look at the trailer and go, that's going to be so rubbish, and mm-hmm. then go and go, that was at least fun. Yeah, didn't choose that one, and my other one was the one that I'm confident will get a massive score, but I have almost certain it's coming out in like. November, October, November time. Hmm. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. So funny enough, that was actually my very first pick on my fucking list. That movie, I had that as my number one spot if I did not get the first pick. However, when I did more research and realized that it does not have an actual set release date, I axed it completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and with animation, it's it's not like they can get that done quickly. I know they're... Correct. I know they are more confident in it hitting 2024 than they were with Across the Spider-Verse hitting 22, Mm -hmm. which then got bumped to 23. Yeah. I'll be stunned if they can back up in back-to-back years to big, giant animated movies. So to be fair, um, Spider-Man's in uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse and Deadpool 3 were both on my list, and then I axed both of them completely. As much as I wanted to pick Deadpool 3, I do not feel like it is going to come out anytime soon in this coming year. It already got bumped. They already bumped it. It's July now. Yeah. So with that being said, like, I don't even think it's going to honestly make it to like next year. I think it's going to be pushed further, really. Or late, late next year. I'll be shocked if it comes out in, it's, yeah, they're aiming for 26th of July, 2024 now. Mm-hmm. They had to, re- they only just restarted shooting. It's not like yeah. it was all in the can and they were editing. Like they still have yeah. sh- shit to shoot. So I'm I'm confident in my picks. I feel like between Iron Claw and 
fingers crossed Dune 2 gets released, I feel like I might have a lucky shot at this with decent score rating. Yeah. So, yeah, next, I think the July one, that could be a very interesting one because we'll have all of the sort of updates on those, on Spider-Man, on Deadpool, see how close they are hitting their actual targets. And then we'll also have the movies that get announced in the interim and the ones that. Which is when I can finally put my other movie on the list. Looking at like the big summer blockbuster and Christmas releases here in Australia for next year. Yes, buddy. Oh, no, I'm happy with that. As long as my two outlandish unknown date movies hit, I'm confident. If they fail, I'm less so confident. <laughs> I think Bob Marley will be a good one. The Bob Marley one, yeah. I think that, that's going to be, that could be a, a crucial backup plan. Absolutely. Challenges is just a, just get me some, some points, please. Yeah. Just get me something. Just don't lose me points. I think the only pick that I have giving me anxiety right now is Planet of the Apes because I feel like it's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to do really fucking well and trend upward from the other ones or it's going to tank terribly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Mean Girls scares me for you. It's fine. I have Iron Claw and it's everything is null and void after Iron Claw. Night Swim scares me as well. You leave me alone about my damn horror movies. I had to sneak one in there because it wouldn't have been a me list if I didn't put one in there. One? You've got two in there. Lisa Frankenstein doesn't count. The Watchers does? Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's more of like a thriller, though. That's not really like horror. Okay. We'll see. (laughs) So, yeah, that's our 2024 fantasy movie draft. Karina chose The Iron Claw, Night Swim, Dune 2, Mean Girls, The Watchers, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and her substitutes are Godzilla Cross Kong and Lisa Frankenstein. I chose... American Fiction, The Black Riders, Nosferatu, Furiosa, The Zone of Interest, and Argyle with Bob Marley's One Love and Challenges as my substitutes. We will check back in in July and see where the, the scores are and someone might have to make some very big, bold moves in the latter half of the year and someone might just coast. It's probably going to coast. I'm going to coast regardless. No, I'm going to coast regardless, dude. Like... If Nosferatu and Furiosa don't come out in the first half, I'm picking them again. Oh, I'm going to add that to my list now of things to pick later on. <laughs> if they don't come out, they're getting they're getting chosen again. See, my whole thing is I listen to movies that you just don't shut up about. Like, you have not shut up about this fucking Iron Claw movie since it fucking was announced. And so when you were like, oh, we're doing a draft pick, I was like, I don't really know a whole, whole lot about that fucking movie, but I'm going to pick it because um, I got first pick and I knew it was on your list. <laughs> it's It's going to do great. Um, if it gets under a 90, I'll be stunned. Yeah. That's that's our list. We'll see how we go. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Karina on Instagram at Miss Karina Renee, and you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media and at Pario Magazine. The commentary booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.